Hello and welcome to the uh, YSA podcast, the early morning podcast this time, <laughs> with uh, on at 9.15 on a Sunday, uh, with your host, Lewis Taylor. And Anthony Dayton. Anthony Dayton, and today we've got uh, Mr. Callum McNally. Hello. Soon to be Elder McNally. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so, welcome on the show, Callum. Cheers, it's a real privilege to be here. Good to hear. <laughs> before, before we uh, delve into the questions with... The McNally. Uh, I'll hand over to. Uh, have we got any announcements? I, I, we didn't write any down, did we? No, we didn't write any down. I think there's like a few conventions coming up. Um, Tear Drake, I think you can get your tickets for that now. Uh, that's in June. That's in June, yeah. Um, you both won't be here for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not bothered. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, yeah. I've been. Uh, I've put in my mission papers, so. Woo! I hopefully. Yes. Woo! Uh, so hopefully uh, Anthony just continues the podcast on with someone else. <laughs> if not, own. it's all in him, Lewis, and it's his fault. We can't replace. replace we can't replace you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh, we could just continue it on the mission. Just like, <laughs> can you imagine? Just, uh, <laughs> Skype me in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I mean, if you're serving in Leeds, I could just hop on over. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. so let's, let's start. Right, So, Mr. Callum. Yes. How's it going? It's going good, yeah. Um, I'm a bit nervous for this, I can't lie. Um, please be nice to me, don't grill me too much. But no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be honest, one of the main reasons why I put my papers in and want to serve a mission because I knew that I'd get on this earlier. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, of course, yeah, that's why, yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to get featured on this, you know that. <laughs> so, you've been called, Luke, where have you been called? I've been called to the Spain-Barcelona mission. You know Spanish? Uh, un poco. <laughs> you expect to that then, were you? <laughs> that, they googled that this morning. <laughs> so, are you excited for it? Yeah, I know, I'm very excited. Yeah, um, I report, I'm going to Provo MCC. I report on January the 22nd. Six weeks in Pro Bowl, uh, and then yeah, off to, off to Barcelona. It should be good. I am excited. All the way in Pro Bowl, you can get fat out there. Yeah, I know. They I feed am. you so much. Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to it though. Um, it's snowing over there at the minute as well, um, quite a lot. So, one, well, it won't be one extreme to the other, but in Barcelona, it's like 15 degrees in the minute, so it should be good. But no, I am I'm looking forward to serving the people of Spain and learning Spanish, and yeah, I am. Should be, should be a very good uh, holiday mission. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm joking. <laughs> joking. Um, so uh, I'm gonna, I suppose after the first kind of segment that we have, delve into a bit more of the like kind of questions. Like, okay. um, but in the lead up to your mission, like, because you're a convert, right? Yeah. So. How would you say that kind of journey's been from joining the church yeah. to kind of now? Um, so obviously, I joined the church um, through missionaries. Well, um, I was taught by missionaries, um, and that's kind of how I uh, came to develop my beliefs. But when I did join the church, I was aware that you could serve a mission, but um, I just never really thought that that was for me. I was I was in a good job at the time. It was just something that was never, I never really considered. I knew that I could if I wanted to, but I just thought, nah, you know, it's not for me. I'm, I'm all right, you know, I've, I'm in the church. I've, I've got my testimony out. <laughs> don't need to go on yeah, a mission. That's enough for me. Don't need to, yeah, none of that. But um, I suppose, I think what helped was being in the YSA ward where there is a lot of like return missionaries 
and they were good examples for, for me. And I think one day it just clicked. I think one day I just thought to myself, I've benefited so much from a missionary programme. Uh, it would be, I think, selfish for me mm. not to, when I can, and I am in a position to, to not put something back into that. Um, I'm going to give him a shout out, but I, remember, I was very close with Elder Cepeda when he joined here, mm. and I remember thinking to myself, you know, if he was a big example to me and the way that he taught me and a big reason as to why I joined the church. And I remember thinking to myself that if I can get myself in a mission and be somebody's Elder Cepeda, so be to somebody what Elder Cepeda was to me, then that would mean the world. And I just thought that that would probably be the most rewarding thing that I can be doing for the next two years of my life. All right. That was really heartfelt, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> i get the tissues out. <laughs> with it, boys. <laughs> just, uh, let me just drink my drink for a second. <laughs> you know, I remember, I remember when you were baptised as well. It was, like, December, right? Yeah, December yeah. December 2017. Yeah. And I, li- I miss your baptism because I had a train to catch. Yeah, no, I'm still salty about that. You're still salty? Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, but I think it's crazy to see, like, literally it's been a year. Yeah. And you're going, it wasn't even a year later when you got your mission call. Like, you got your mission call. Or maybe it was. It was, I think, a year, I was confirmed on the 17th and I got my mission call on the 18th of December 2018 and confirmed on the 17th, 2017. So a year and one day after I joined the church. Get your I mission, got call. My mission call. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, seeing that kind of journey and you progressing, I think it's crazy. Yeah. What would you say in terms of, like, would you say you feel... Mm, I, I'm going to ask you the questions that I ask kind of myself okay, cool. I'm, yeah. I'm about to go on the mission. Do you feel confident in your understanding of the gospel, if that makes sense? Or, I suppose, do you feel like you've, you've got enough knowledge to kind of... To, yeah. yeah, kind of teach and preach... That is a hard question because I think like yourself, Lewis, I've, I've not been brought up in the church. I've not even had a religious upbringing. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, like, I don't know the scriptures particularly well. Mm. Um, tried with them um, and I'm getting there, but I don't know them particularly well. I don't know um, like the ins and outs, the of, ins everything. And outs of everything, but I'm sure I'll learn and I'm sure I'll pick that up. Um, but what I do know is when I'm in, when I'm serving and I'm trying my best, I know that whatever I can do, um, you know, the Lord will make up the rest. So mm. I think I am a bit, I am a bit worried, but I know that in the end, you know, because I'm serving um, and I'm doing what I'm doing, that you know I'll be helped out. So on my own, um, I'll probably if I was on my own, I'd be struggling, but I'm not necessarily on my own, am I? So it'll be alright. Yeah. You'll have a you'll have someone from Utah to carry. Oh yeah, you'll carry the companion. Yeah. Jokes aside, though, like I've been like really worried this past like ever since I've kind of decided. Yeah. The past year, I de- I decided that I'm set on a mission, but I've just it's been kind of trying to get there really. But I've been really worried about myself not having that kind of. I'm a lot like I'm a perfectionist in certain things, yeah. and it really frustrates me that I'm going to teach people but not having perfect knowledge myself. Yeah. But um, the multiple things that kind of well, first elderly when he was kind of helping me f- fellowship, I'm going fellowship lessons. He said like um, 
you know, it's impossible to have perfect knowledge in, yeah. in, in the scriptures, in every little facet of every little thing in the, um, in the, um, but there's kind of, you know, a couple of things that have kind of helped me kind of, it's just more about your testimony, I guess. Mm. Um, there's, um, I went on the mission prep weekend last year. Um, so the one in Ashton? Yeah, the one yeah. in Ashton. And um, Luke Kerr, I think, said something that kind of helped me decide to go on a mission. Yeah. Which was, it doesn't matter how much you know, it doesn't matter where you're at, as long as you've got a testimony of the gospel. Yeah you are qualified to serve. Yeah. And as long as you're obviously worthy or maintain those standards, you're qualified to serve the Lord. And that kind of really helped me. And also, very, very recently, <laughs> you posted a talk by Elder Christopherson. Oh, yeah. For the Elders Quorum. Yeah, today. today. For today's one, <laughs> yeah. literally. Um, I can't remember the title of the talk. Firm and Steadfast. Firm and Steadfast, the, the safe. But he says in the talk, um, he tells a little story of like how there's this guy and his family's um, his siblings, he, he, right? his siblings are basically yeah. like going away from the church, going basically inactive, etc. Yeah. Um, and they want him to go that way as well, and they kind of bombard him with podcasts, with you know critiques. Uh, critics of the church's material etc um, and he was like really worried he's like you know thinking oh, what do I, where do I go from here because it's really numbing on him that and in, he's, in the talk I think he says you know he just remembers at what times he kind of felt the spirit and felt you know his testimony <laughs> and that's kind of what helped him stay in the church Yeah, and I think that applies to like when you telling people about the church it's like you can go into script you, you know you can quote scriptures out the one but most people that don't believe in the church or don't believe in it initially like who holds the authority to scripture and who holds the authority to uh, write on behalf of God mm. they're just going to listen to what you have to say right and listen to whether you whether they think you're telling the truth and sharing your testimony is the best way I think you can express that truth. Yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely a really good talk. And it got me thinking how um, something I really realised from my mission is it really doesn't matter um, about your experience in the church. In other words, how many years you've been in the church. It just matters if you've got the spirit. And I think that's really easy to see, especially I, I always felt, um, I don't know, you, you sometimes hear about members of a church, but members of whole lives, and they kind of wish, oh, I wish I found the church. In other words, I wish I was a convert to the yeah. church. Because... Um, I think when you do that, it's such you know. So <laughs> you're both smiling now. Honestly, when you, when you just find want to be us, Tony Dayton. <laughs> well, I'm happy who I am. I'm happy who I am. If you leave and then come back yeah. to the church, then there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll welcome you in. Get rebaptized, right? <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't do that. My mission papers now been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely getting sent to Leeds. <laughs> nah, that's a good mission anyway. Um, uh, so what was I saying? How no, because as a convert, um, I think it takes a lot of faith, and that's the thing. That's the thing you see as a member when you see someone who doesn't just have experience, but they've got faith. 
when they don't understand everything. That's so much more inspiring. That's so much more inviting to the spirit than just someone who has been the church for 60 years and like a pastor almost. Mm. Um, when you see someone who's got that much faith and you often see that in converts, I think that's what helps convert people to the gospel. So in a way, coming from your guys, you're, you're going to be way more experienced and ready to set up a mission than a lot of the guys who have been in the church for 20-odd years. Honestly, you'll see it when you get out there. As long as you've got the spirit, yeah. that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in the church. Hmm. I think it's just like making... There must come a point in someone's life when they're growing up in the church where you have to make a decision yeah. as to whether you believe what you've been told by your parents, by your grandparents, etc., by your own family members, yeah. or whether you don't believe it. And I don't know where if there's a common time for that in the church when that happens, whether it's like 17, 16, when people start deciding mm. and started to go you know, waywards or stay on the path. Yeah, I think um, most people do have a bit of a wobble or they begin to you know, think things through, mm. which essentially is kind of making your own decision and coming to it and kind of like converting yourself so yeah, we're all converts aren't we told so. <laughs> I guess we all are I love that very well said love that well what time are we on actually 13 minutes 13 right so before I play my actual song I had an initial song in mind for you but I, I wanted to keep I, I wanted to have a little flavour of like religion and Spanish for main song so I keep <laughs> I keep that there but this one, I kind of theme it for like people that come on the podcast. Um, oh dear, so I've just, done that. Um, <laughs> so just uh, let me just play this uh, little segment of the song, and then we'll play the main song. <laughs> Callum's <Just> cringing. <laughs> He's um, anxious. Right. Oh, hang on. Eighties as well. Yeah. Heard this. Correct that will. Give get the car. You must whip it. You must whip it. <laughs> Callum's not impressed <laughs> and so with that we'll go to uh, my main song which is uh, <laughs> Save Behind the Glass Last Lobos enjoy
Okay, so that was sitting behind a glass, Los Lobos. So, for this segment, and I've not really discussed this with Anthony, so you're going to have to come I'm up with I'm going in blind. These. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to go with these. I'm sure I can. Is, so, I kind of, what I planned just five minutes ago, <laughs> is, um, <laughs> is to talk... By the spirit, you follow it by the right, spirit. So, um, we're going to basically present Callum with a set of scenarios oh. and you'll be good at this because you've served a mission as well that oh, he'll encounter <laughs> on his mission and we, oh, yes. we see what his response is <laughs> and you, you can even act as an investigator as well if you want to all right. uh, so I'm going to ask the first question is that alright yeah. with you Callum? I am breaking it <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've been born ready for this I've got everything right. oh. he's got everything right so got, so you and your companion walking down the street yeah and I, I, I've imagined all these scenarios as well right. so you could companion walking down the street mm. this guy is there mm. and he just looks at you points to you and then he comes up to you he looks a bit aggressive yeah right <laughs> look, looks a bit aggressive but you know he looks inquisitive and he goes, uh, so you're Mormons, right? <laughs> right? I'll just respond. Uh, I mean, you could call us that, yeah, I suppose. Um, you're, not, you're not Mormons? You <laughs> 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 can't, can't, la- can't laugh in his face. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's already so failed. If you want to call me Mormon, you can call me Mormon. Whatever floats your boat. Oh, all right, so... You say that you say that in Spanish, yeah. Oh yeah, right. it's all in Spanish, by the way. Yeah, yeah. complete fluent Spanish. Right. right, I'll call you Mormon then. So, like, so who's this Mormon fella? You'll get you'll, you'll get eccentric characters like this. I know, though. I know. Who's this Mormon fella? Um, so, main reason why we're called Mormons because we have a scripture, a piece of scripture, a book like the Bible called the Book of Mormon. So that's kind of where that stemmed from. And Mormon was one of the people who wrote in this book. Who wrote the book? Uh, lots of different, um, what we would call prophets, a long, long time ago. Oh, right. So you believe Joseph Smith? I believe. Joseph Smith, fella? Yeah, I believe that he was a prophet, yeah. You believe he's a prophet, Joseph Smith? Yeah. <laughs> that smile, Callum. <laughs> it's the cheekiest testimony I've ever heard. <laughs> Just a quick wink smile. Yeah, he's a, he's a prophet. <laughs> so, why? Why is he prophet? Uh, I believe that he's a prophet. I believe that he was called of God to establish a church, which I am a part of. And of. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. Okay, what, what, why don't you believe that? I just, I'm trying to get to what you believe. Because I think you're going around telling lies. Okay. Well, I personally really believe in what I'm. Uh, going I don't. If you'd love to know more, <laughs> then I would quite happily teach you. No. You don't want to be. No. Taught. Don't want to see you around. <laughs> it's a free country. I can walk what I want. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not right, right, okay. Gracias. Right. Right, 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 that's the end of the scenario, right? If but, that sounds but, so real, it sounds like you've yeah, had that experience. Yeah. Like, no, I'll tell you why I've had that experience. <laughs> it he just walks around Manchester <laughs> testing a bar. Oh, it's <laughs> No, he's not. That was real. That sounded real. He, he, got, he got a blood of in, you know. <laughs> I worked for the uh, MTC in uh, Preston, so yeah, I'm yeah. joking. No, but the reason why I did it like that is because on, on, literally on Christmas Day, my family were like there. Yeah. And then they've obviously had a drink and stuff. Yeah. And then, because it's getting so close to kind of my mission. Yeah. My granddad was like, worried, so he's like, oh yeah, we'll just... He started like, he'll go, oh, Lewis, right. Because they're pretty, you know, they're not doing it out of spite, they're just doing it because um, they're worried. Yeah. And it's like, how would you react to this? And then he started going like that. Yeah. And he started doing it like that. Yeah. Oh and I was goodness. like, oh, man. <laughs> I was like, in front of everyone as well, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, so we believe in. And then he just kept on interrupting me and interrupting me yeah. and interrupting me. And I don't know whether you've had an, someone like that that you who interrupts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Greeks do it all the time. No offense, <laughs> but in a, in a in an aggressive way as well. Uh, yeah, in a way, I feel like when you talk to a Greek person, they're just naturally aggressive anyway. You can only talk to angry but, Greek people. But, so. but, <laughs> That's just how it is. But how how do you deal with that? Like I I I personally struggle really think, hard with that. I think in that moment, you just got to kind of keep your composure, remember what you're there for, and just offer and invite and that's the best you can do yeah. I think there are there will be difficult people and there will be people who will want confrontation but you just gotta remember what you're there for you handled it pretty well you're, I think you were very professional apart from the giggles <laughs> <laughs> I mean obviously this is like as a missionary yeah. you do the same way you do role plays like your yeah. act stuff out just so you're ready but I'm, I'm sure in like a real street scenario oh, yeah. you'll be fine oh yeah I'd take that dead serious yeah. but, <laughs> but, but if someone no, no but I mean like you know it's alright saying it one to one yeah, with your companion to this one guy. Yeah, but imagine if you're in a scenario where it's that one guy and then there's a crowd of people around you. Yeah, it probably would be intense. Tough. But at the same time, it's a good way to if you can make yourself come across quite like eloquently. It's an know, opportunity, you know but what I think. About. But I think that I think those types of characters can be a trap. Yeah, like I don't. Because they think, kind of drag you down with you. One of the thing, One of the things that. Ethan taught very well in mission prep class was he talked about creating an environment to teach by the spirit yeah. and I don't think that whatever you say to that person around a set of people will be sufficient to convert Yeah, they're there to make a point they're there to win the argument whereas I think that if you're dealing with a person one on one it's very different to teaching a group of people Mm-hmm. Um, group dynamics is so different actually yeah. okay I've actually got this is related to this this is like the yeah. follow up so that, that was a one on one experience yeah. this is a imagine so two people coming up to you and your companion yeah. in the street so I want you to close your eyes just imagine you're in Barcelona nice sunny day oh, yeah. um, at the moment the city um, you don't go into the inner city there's riots about there's kind of a bit of civil unrest mm-hmm. you know that's just how things are in the summer and you're walking down the street and these two guys approach you and your companion and they say <laughs> uh, I need to I don't know how to exchange that word hasta la vista hasta, <laughs> hasta la vista baby <laughs> yeah, no say hey amigos who are you what are you doing here 
How do you respond? Hey, amigo! <laughs> <laughs> so you like respond with the same kind of friendliness. Yeah. And you're like, ah, we're um, missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, at this point, you notice the body language of the two guys becomes very aggressive. Literally, their yeah. hands clench. Yeah. They, they kind of square up to you. Yeah. And like, you're Mormons! Yeah. Amigo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We don't like Mormons around here. Well, I love you. Because you are a sort of... We've heard you <laughs> sacrifice children in the mountains. You're part of a cult. What do you say to that? I... That is not true. I have never sacrificed any children. That is the first time. But it's your cult. You support it. Uh, I don't support sacrificing children. I don't know. I don't believe it. We're going to fight you. Uh, please don't fight me. <laughs> <laughs> at this point at this point in the conversation, he grabs you by the shoulder. Yeah. What do you do? Uh... Square up. No. <laughs> if he wants to go, he can go. No, I'm joking. Um, just. He grabs I mean, Hopefully, my companion's bigger than me. <laughs> no, you just got to kind of like step back, quell the situation. It's hard to step back with just a hand on your shoulder, yeah. mate. He's got his fist clenched, he's looking you in the eyes. Well, he's like, we're going to beat you up. Look at his arm like. <laughs> <laughs> Just wipe yeah. it off. I don't know when when people get aggressive like that. I don't really know how to do, um, kiss his hand because I'm not a very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not a very aggressive. That'll probably wind him up even more. Though. Uh, yeah, I'm not a very aggressive person, uh, and I don't really like confrontation. So I just probably try and quell it as best that I can. Can and probably once I realised that there wasn't an opportunity to fulfil my missionary purpose, just try and get out of there as quickly as possible, just for my own safety. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that experience where it was two people that actually happened to me really once, yeah oh, that wow. kind of the street was empty did you brick it <laughs> no, no. I was, so when it happened I would yeah I, I actually didn't believe it I, I thought it was, they were joking I started laughing yeah I just started like laughing because I was like no chance these guys aren't being serious I thought they were joking because I mean in Greek you just understand things differently I just didn't. yeah and like you, I recognised from the body language during it I, I was like oh man these guys are serious yeah. and I was still kind of laughing thing is in that situation what do you do? I know. So I actually got a phone call while we we're having this conversation. I was like, okay, guys, got... I just tried to kind of diffuse it. Yeah. Um, so I took the phone call and just left my companion to it, kind of abandoned him. Oh, that is every man for himself. Dirty Every man for himself. But to be honest, I had to take the phone because it was from a member of the um, mission presidency. Yeah. That, but, old, that old chestnut, you know. <laughs> any, any time but, in a sticky situation. Just that, that, just that mission. I got a phone call. I'm just sorry. Sorry, it's just my mum asking what I want for tea. Sorry. <laughs> his companion's pinned up on the wall. I'll be there in one minute. <laughs> <I promise. laughs> anyway, my companion, um, Sam Pill, some of you might know him, he yeah. uh, was in this ward. He took it really well. Um, they said the same thing to us. They thought we were a part of a cult that sacrificed children in the mountains. Oh, wow. My companion just started bearing testimony to them. I'm on the phone, so I don't really hear half of it. <laughs> but he's bearing testimony to them. They calmed down, and afterwards they're like, we're really sorry we annoyed you. We thought you were someone else. And they just shook hands with us and left. And oh, wow. So it, it's possible to turn those yeah. sort of aggressive situations into a bit more easier to deal with, yeah. I guess. But... It's a very tough one to deal with, and I'm sure you have. I hope you don't have experiences like that. I'm concerned that they said, "Oh, we thought you were someone else." There sort of is someone in Greece that has sacrificed children in mountains. Yeah. 
Maybe. But they just read stuff online and they get right. weird and wacky ideas. So I don't know if it's grounded information they're getting. Anyway. But yeah, that's the sort of stuff. We've got more scenarios. Well, we'll probably do it after the song runs 12 minutes. But um, I'll do my song. So, the song I picked is Despacito. I'm kidding. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a joke. Um, (laughs) I didn't go for something Latino. I picked, um, so it's All of the Stars, originally by Kendrick Lamar, but it's covered by Georgia Smith in the BBC One Live Lounge. Here it is. about love Is it anything and everything you hope for or Do the feeling hold you I know the feeling holds you This may be the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are close all the stars are closed All the stars are closed This may be the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you're gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You can bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring them all But you can't bring the truth to me Expectations. I don't even want your congratulations. I recognize your false confidence and calculated promises all in your conversation. I hate people that feel entitled. Look at me crazy like I ain't invite you. Oh, you important, you don't know to the story. You endorse further, I don't even like you. Corrupt a man's heart with a gift. A small percentage who I'm building with. That's how you find out who you're dealing with I want the credit if I'm losing or I'm winning on my mother That's the finish of love Let's talk about love Is it everything and anything you hope for? Or do the feeling hold you? I know the feeling holds you Maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closed All the stars are closed All the stars are closed This may be the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closed All the stars are closed Skin covered in ego Get to talking, I get involved like a rebound. No control, no off switch in the way that you're bringing me down. It's a turn on, get it away from me. No, you mean wrong, keep away from me. And it's all wrong, get it away from me. Yeah, I, I just cry for no reason, I just pray for no reason. I just stay for the life, for the day, for the hours in another life breathing. I did it all cause it feel good. You could live it 
all if you feel bad Better live your life We are running out of time It's a love Let's talk about love Is it anything Everything you hope for Or do the feeling haunt you I know the feeling haunts you Dreams might let me know All the stars are close All the stars are close All the stars are close This may be the night that my dream might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Right, so that was All of the Stars by George Smith. So do you want to do your scenario first, if you've got another one? Yeah, yeah, so scenario I had. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I could kind of act this out, because I'd just love to see how you respond oh. to it. Um, all right, so you're door knocking around the yeah. suburban streets of Barcelona. You're training your companion. Yeah. Um, you've only been in the mission for eight months. You don't know Spanish 100%. And you're knocking on doors in the suburban area. You're in a, you're in a, a part, no, you're not, a block of flats. You're mm. in a block of flats. You're knocking doors. It's a hot summer Barcelona day, mm. and it's in the evening. <laughs> really, Barcelona is a hot day. <laughs> well, I'm trying to I'm trying to help you, you imagine go, go, go. it. Anyway, um, you you walk up to this one door. It's a bit dusty. Mm. You knock on it. This man opens up, and you start sharing the gospel with him. And what would you do? Okay, you got to tell me what you'd do as it happens. You're looking. You, you you're talking to him about the gospel. You're starting to bear your testimony of Joseph Smith. And you notice something's a bit off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I think I'm saying You can't tell what it is, but you, you notice your companions, his legs are shaking a little. Um, he can see a bit more around the door than you can. The door's not fully open at this point. The manager's kind of standing there. You're still talking to him in Spanish. And it comes to your attention that he's got no trousers on. He's completely naked from the waist down. Yeah. What do you do? Carry on teaching the gospel. <laughs> Fair play. Would you not ask him to put his like pants on first? <laughs> Probably only if he invited us in. But would you just continue to teach him in, in yeah, like, the hallway I think it's, while he's I think, I think it's important to hear the message regardless of whether you've got clothes on or not. Fair I think. Point. As long as my companion was okay with it. I mean, His well, legs are shaking. His legs are shaking. You don't like the look of it. <laughs> It's a bad open, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> nah, I think I don't know. In that situation, I think if I was invited in, I'd probably ask him to put some clothes on. Um, in his own home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Just because I think when you want him to, if he if he is genuine about wanting to hear and he invites you in, I think to create an atmosphere in which the spirit's gonna dwell. I don't think you should <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I just think that would be appropriate. But I think, at his, when you're at his door, like if he wants to answer his door naked, then by all means, fair play. <laughs> that is a good answer. Yeah. I've got a scenario for you, yeah. and you can answer this as well because I don't think there's no right or wrong answer to this. So again, you're in Barcelona. You you walk past this kind of like gang of like 
I don't know what you call Spanish chavs, but Spanish <laughs> chavs. <laughs> right. Um, and, yeah, well, you know, they're up to old grud, commit crimes, etc. Yeah. And then, you know, you walk past them. You, you walk past them every day, right? Um, and you, they don't mind you, right? But they know of you. Yeah. Um, and then, one day, you witness one of them uh, basically steal someone. Someone's bag and mug, mug, mug yeah. someone, right? And then uh, the police come to you the next day, speak with you, and say, "Did you see anything from yeah. that time? You witnessed it." Yeah. What do you say to that? I tell the police. Yeah. You tell the police. Yeah. Right. Bearing in mind that. Would you, you would tell the police? Bearing, wait, bearing in mind what? I would bear in mind. Interesting. Bearing in mind. The reason why I say bearing in mind. mind bearing in mind. They'll have known that I'll have seen it, so they'll know that I'll be the one that have told the police. Exactly. Um, and then that would target all missionaries then. I, I would say not only that, but let's say you write mates of them as well. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I think I'd still tell the police. I would. Um, it's the right thing to do. And whatever comes from that, I think... Um, it's the responsibility of them to protect you. Yeah, I think, yeah. And, yeah, I think... It, it, I'd tell the police and then say if what if this group of Spanish chaps did it. Right, but say if it's not a group, group of Spanish chaps, but say if you know that they're very organised, they're very, like, you know, organised crime and such. Yeah. Oh, man, so you're talking, like, gangs now. <laughs> I'm talking, like, gangs, yeah. Uh, the reason why I say this is because... You know, if I get sent somewhere like Brazil, where you've got like the favelas and yeah. stuff, it's like that. That is a very realistic kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That could happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. It. I suppose it just depends how I felt. I think I would be likely. I think I'm leaning more towards telling the police just because it's the right thing to do, and whatever com- would come from that would come from that. Um, I know that I would I would be protected to a certain extent just because of what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I think I think I would just because of like my moral compass, be more inclined to tell the police and whatever comes from that comes from that. Mm. I'm sure I'll be able to talk my way out of it. I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's good, good answer. Just talk my way out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard one because if you you know again if if you're a missionary serving in like a very dangerous place yeah. like Brazil, your actions of telling telling on someone or a certain gang yeah, can, can get you can get a lot of people targeted. Trouble, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I've heard, I think it's the same in um it's not only Brazil but South Africa. One of my older mates he served there as well, and the police don't do as much yeah. work out there. But the community, um, they're like their own sort of mob yeah. in a way. So if if they know someone's done a crime, they'll ask around, they'll find out who did it. Yeah, and you know, like the whole community comes in to punish this one person. So with that, the repercussions are like huge but I'm sure you know even if you you thought your life was in danger or the next missionaries that come in you'd probably move out you'd probably tell yeah. your mission president he's uh, I'm sure that you know in those types of missions where it's very high risk that you'll yeah. encounter such situations that they'll they'll advise you on what, what you should do yeah um, because they'll have relationships with the government the police etc but also where in countries where or locations where there's a large crime-based kind of organised mob, like you're saying, communities, mm. they all have relationships with those local people as well. So 
I suppose it's just making sure that it's just maintaining relationships, I guess, mm. from the church to local communities. Yeah. It's a difficult one. I'm sure like, if you've got a good relationship with the community, like people know you and know, they'll know you're good kids. That's what that's what people always say to us. They say, oh, you're good kids, you're good guys. And because of that, yeah. it's almost like you are protected. And there'll yeah. be times where you weren't protected, like people just come to your aid and help you, yeah. even though um, they're not too fond of you in other ways. But it'll be fine, I'm sure. Right, here's one. <laughs> you've got plenty. You've thought this all up. I thought, I thought every single scenario and every single facet, yeah. right? So, can we have one that doesn't involve violence? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Wait, my first one didn't involve violence, did it? Which one? Was it just one? involved an overly aggressive man. <laughs> yeah, yeah it might, was, might have not become violent. Yeah, might just true. be very angry. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you get a new companion, and your new companion, and he, he doesn't really know much about the gospel at all. Yeah. He struggles very much with it. Um, you know, he's struggling emotionally, spiritually, yeah. and maybe physically, it doesn't really matter about that. But um, over time, he kind of just, he's kind of shying away, so he's becoming less quiet, loses his kind of vigor to kind of share the gospel and motivation. And then, um, I suppose, he then recludes himself, so when you want to get up and go out, yeah. he says, don't want to go out. Yeah. Just don't want to go out. So what do I do in that situation? Yeah. That's, a, that's a very real situation. I think, I think, first of all, I think the first thing to do is kind of address it yourself. I think to try and have a... Because I think the worst thing that you could probably do in that situation is as soon as that starts happening, going to your mission president. Yeah, yeah. Going to your zone, like, just, like, going above his head because that kind of looks like you're grasping on him a little bit. I think the first thing that you should do is, like, have a meaningful conversation about why he's doing this, why he's not maybe feeling it, and get to understand him a little bit more. And I think once so, you have that and you understand what yeah. he's struggling with, I think then you can talk it through, come up with solutions and just be led by the spirit. So, yeah. So you, you're probably very right there. Yeah. But let's play out the situation, right? Because practicality doesn't mean theory sometimes. Right. right. So, you know, I just got a pushing your companion. Right. Um, <laughs> you look drunk. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I am. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you maybe got a companion night, that goes on a... Heavy night from Elder Taylor. <laughs> so, so. I, I, you know, I wake up and then I see the time, six o'clock, got to get up, start working out, etc. Come on, Elder Taylor, let's, let's right. get up, let's do our morning exercises. Want to go back to sleep? Oh, come on, Elder Taylor, give me, like, like, give me <laughs> just give us another 15 minutes. Ah. Elder, what are you playing at? Come on, dude. <laughs> no, no, leave it. Right, no, anyway, anyway, 10 minutes goes by, right? Right, so you be due diligent, you, you start working out, yeah. etc. And then I kind of like, get up. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> Should we just stay in today and just plan out the week? Like, just plan out the rest of the week. And then I'll be like, LD, do you not want to go out, do some finding? Um, no, I'm not, not feeling it today. Bearing in mind that you've had five days of this. Right, okay. Uh, is everything okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, just not feeling sure? to go out, yeah. It's just that, like, I've noticed over the past few days that um, 
maybe just something seems a bit up. So I just want you to know that past five days, past five days, <laughs> something's uh, up. Yeah, I just I just want you to know that like if you do want to talk about something, like by all means, I think we should talk about it. I think I think what's important is that we remember why we're here and what we're here to do. And if you feel like there's something getting in the way, maybe it's me, maybe it's something else. I think it'd be good to maybe have a conversation about that. Um, maybe later, maybe in a bit. Yeah, okay, just whenever you feel ready. Uh, but for the time being, I think we should just go out, find him. Oh, just, just can't. Come on. <laughs> Bearing in mind he's like six foot, he's yeah, like 200 he's pounds massive. as well. <laughs> right. He's just like, I'm not going with you. I think what I'd do then is I'd make him breakfast. I'd promise, I'd be like, I'll make you an amazing breakfast if we can... I'm joking, I'm joking. He, he probably will like turn around and kind of. You know, you'd make him breakfast and you just get back in bed. Yeah. <laughs> Elder Taylor, breakfast in bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the life. Yeah. <laughs> I might just start doing that my first week out. I'll get up if you make me breakfast in bed. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you practice that as well, the yeah. whole, oh, I want to stay in bed. Yeah. That's you my regular routine. Yeah. That's your that's when his mum tries and wakes him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you must—you you must have companions where you like. Who are just yeah. like not not really bothered about going out, and it must in your own mind as well. You must get to a point in your mission where you are like spiritually drained, physically drained, etc. Mm-hmm. And you are like, I and bearing in mind like. It might have not been going well, you know. You're practically just visiting empty towns at this point. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's it's finding the motivation to kind of go out. I think would be a struggle. Mm-hmm. I think it's a point like those where, um, I think this goes for every every aspect in life. When you're with someone, it's, you're going through a tough time or something's not working out. Like you're not teaching anyone, mm. and you just want to stay in bed all day. That's when it really demands that you're just as Christ-like as you can be, yeah. serving them. It's definitely one thing I would do. Um, asking questions to them, I'd, I'd try and follow the spirits. Like if something was up, I'd always try and kind of discern what it might be. Yeah. Like sometimes stuff happens in their families and they don't even tell you. Like you just got to have you got to have a really good relationship with your companion. Yeah. I think as long as you got that, you will get them just fine. They want to do the work because they can. You can feed off each other a lot mm. of the time. So you feed off each other's motivation, your energy. Um, the way you handled it was quite well. Oh, cheers. That's Thank I thought it was quite well. Yeah, I felt like I was like ready to go out. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you, gonna, you know, you're gonna gas them up. Let's go out find him. No, you gas them up like you did. If you yeah. gas them up, like we're gonna find a hundred people yeah. today. We yeah. baptize families. Yeah. Yeah. If you gas them up, yeah, get them going. It's all right, easily do, but doing that at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, like, <laughs> no, come on, I can't be bothered with you today. Get up, get up, man. Yeah, my, my, other, my other solution was to go and like get a bowl, fill it with cold water. <laughs> See, oh, that, I, that'd start a fight. Yeah. That'd start a fight easy. You value your sleep during your mission yeah. if you don't get good sleep. I have two different approaches, right, to that situation. Yeah. And it's what Callum kind of did, which is probably the best approach. Yeah. Um, but with like, say you get like a straight 18 year old, very immature. Mm. And just won't react very seriously like that. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, I'm not gonna rip him to shreds, but I'll just be like, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I'd love to see that. But I'll just be like, why are you here? Yeah. I'll just be like, what you've just like, 
why are you out here like for two years yeah what like mm. uh, and, it, and then if you're just gonna sit around like I know that approach can be kind of double-edged sword because it's like you know you could be quite confrontational you could offend them and you have to read them very well yeah to be able to kind of say that Mm -hmm. Um, because they can get very aggressive very confrontational definitely like you say but I think it can work on some people Um, but I think the way you approach it kind of works well, but I think some people won't react in a positive way back to you. Most people will, not, you know, eighty yeah. percent will. But I think there's a twenty percent probably where they just won't, and you need kind of like someone to be a, a little bit confrontational to challenge them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that doesn't work, then you know you're gonna have to speak to your mission president as well. Either. Yeah. It, it definitely depends on the person. We're, we're going to wrap up because we're reaching the end of the uh, segment, but it definitely depends on the person. And I think as long as you follow the spirit and you're just trying to work with them, like, to, to help them get to a stage where they can do the work, exactly, that's yeah. the most important thing. Like, you're not doing it because you're angry, you're doing it because you want to help. Yeah. Help the person to become a better missionary, right? So, in that, in that regard, I'd say it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. Yeah. And why you're saying it. I think that's what the vibe that people get most of the time. I'll just be like, oh, he's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're saying it in a loving way, it's fine. Though. Yeah. <laughs> nah. um, so, we'll go into the song now. Callum, you've picked a song. Yeah, so I've picked You've Got a Love by Florence and the Machine. Good song. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like throw my hands up in the air. I know I can count on you. Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you've got the love I need to see me through. Sometimes it seems the going is just too
what was it now? You got the love by Florence and the Machine. Yeah, you got the love. <laughs> yeah, that was a tune, just listening to it then. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so I was just... So in the last part of the segment, we usually have, like, an experience or funny story shared by the guests, but before we go to that, we've got the classic... Quote book. Quote book mm-hmm. by Tony, so if you just want to share... Some of Callum's quotes. So he's just two of. I've only got two of Callum, which is a shame because he's only been here a year. But these these two from the past year. So the first one I had, <laughs> he said, he, I, I remember where it was as well. It was in the lobby of a church. He said Paul Scholes was at church the other day and asked for lessons from the missionaries. <laughs> nah, just kidding. But imagine it's I. <laughs> That was just a classic. I think that defines Callum. Yeah, Yeah, you're human. It's not wrong, he's got a lot of money. (laughs) Obviously, he's ours. Imagine the timing. Uh, The other one, I don't even know where you said this, but I wrote it down anyway. I can definitely see Brad Flood marrying a BMW. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, if you're listening, I do love you, but that is so true. (laughs) The two classic quotes from Callum. I've got to try and get another one before you leave now. There you go. I'll try and come up with one. Right, so I'm over to you now for your experience. Yes, so just my experience, obviously, um, I I know a lot of people outside the church with with my family and at work as well. And I think, I can't, well, I can pinpoint a few exact experiences, but mainly it's being able to tell people what I'm going doing and being able to speak a little bit about what I believe in and and touch on that. And people just think it's amazing. Like I think because we we're in the church, we have a bit of a thing. We think about you know serving a mission, or you know everyone does it. But it really is like it's an amazing thing. And when I tell people what I want to go and do, they just think like it's absolutely remarkable. And they just look at you, and they just they are just amazed. And you'll probably get it at work, Lewis, when you tell people at work. But people people and they love they love that you're passionate about something as well. They just love it. Um, so I had a bit of a funny experience. I think it was last week so I I was I was having a temple recommended interview um, for my endowment and I was driving back from Manchester State Centre uh, and City were playing against oh, I think it was when we won 9-0 was it oh, uh, Albion yeah against Burton Albion, Burton Albion yeah, yeah so and like, the meeting overran because President Evans loves to talk <laughs> and um, it overran so I was like right I want to see as much as this as possible <laughs> so I like get in my car and get on the motorway and I'm like caning it back like in order to see the game and I'm going pretty quick but the thing is everyone else is going slow so I'm going quick I'm like come on I'm gonna I'm gonna make it I'm gonna I want to see as much of this game as possible and I just see blue lights behind me (laughs) and he pulls behind me and then he pulls in front of me and he just says please follow me I just think, oh no! Here we go. This is right after your temple recommended. I'm arrested before his mission. Can I just guess who gets out of the police car? It's President Evans. No, it's and then rips it up. Yeah. Well, go continue. I'm intrigued. But so yeah, like I follow him and I follow him into the services and I'm running through my idea. I'm thinking. I need to talk my way out of this because I've, rec- <laughs> I've recently, like I think about eight months ago, went on a speed awareness course. I think I was going too quick to be offered it anyway. So the only other two options were three points and a fine or go to court. Yeah. And both of those things, I think, take quite a long time. I've reported in like, what, 25 days at this time, 26 days. And one of the things is that you don't, one of the things to serve a mission is that you can't have any legal actions pending against you. Well, if I would have had this, that it would have like fully delayed me going. 
So I was thinking, crap, like I, I need, I need to not, come, I need to come away with this and not, not have any, not have anything, like have a clean record. So I pull into the services and I pull up my arm and he gets out and he's, it's just one police officer and he's like, he's dead cold and we just stood outside and he's like, uh, so how long have you been driving? Oh, about three years. He was like, um, what's the speed limit when you took your theory test? What was it? I was like, oh, it was 70 mile per hour. He was like, what is it now? 70 mile per hour. He was like, why were you going so fast? I was like, uh, I don't really have an excuses, officer. I just was going so fast like that. He was like, all right. He was like, do you know how fast you were going? I was like, uh, 82 mile an hour. I was going much quicker at some point. So he only got me at 82. And he was like, and he was like I got you at 83. I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> and he was like, um, so I, I'll, can I just have your driving license? So I gave him, I gave him my driving license and he went in the car and did all this thing. And he got my record. And he got, I think he got everything up. And I looked clean. This is the thing. The good thing that worked in my favour, I'd just been to a church meeting, so I was like in nice clothing. <laughs> Like I was dead respectable and everything, and he was going through my details. Like, do you still live at home? Yeah. Is your mum called Janet? Yeah. And my mum's a police officer, and I've always dreamt of being in this situation where I can like plug the fact that she's a police officer, <laughs> and I just went, right, I'm just gonna go for it because I'm desperate. <laughs> so I was like, and she's actually a police officer as well. <laughs> and he was like, and his eyes like lit up. He was like, wait, really? Like, uh, and you could tell he was like having a about start having a bit of fun with me, and he was like, oh, she's not gonna be happy when she finds out about this, is she? And um, like, and you're just playing along, yeah. going. No, she's yeah. not. <laughs> like, I tried to make it as jokey and as funny yeah, as possible. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know she's not. She's gonna, yeah, she's gonna rip me apart. He was like, oh dear, like that. And then he was talking through. Um, after that, he was talking through all the possibilities of you know speeding and what I could end up going through, um, all the different kind of like penalties that I could get. And um, he said. Uh, and then I asked how long do these things usually take and he said it can be quite a while you know there's a lot of paperwork and stuff like that and I went that's going to be a bit of an issue <laughs> and, he, and he said why why is that I went I'm actually leaving the country I'm moving to Barcelona um, in a couple of weeks um, to go in with there and he like ruled his eyes because it's like a typical excuse when people get stopped by the police like I'm, I'm actually leaving the country so this is really going to yeah. affect me and they like trying to tuck in his heart and he was like alright he was like what are you doing over there so I was like, I'm actually going working as a missionary, um, as, like as a volunteer um, for my church. Um, and they've asked me to go to Barcelona and I won't have much contact with, you know, people back at home. So if I was to have this fine or whatever, it could either delay me going or, you know, it could it could throw a big spanner in the works. He was like, all right, I was like, what church are you a part of? I was like, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was like, oh, I used to work with a Mormon. Really, really, really good guy. And then he was like asking me more about it and he was like showing a big interest. And we, we were actually ended up getting along really, really well. And then at the end, he looked me up and down and he was like, so, Callum, what are we going to do here? And I was like, at this point, anyway, I had him. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I was like, well, officer, at the end of the day, I know you've been in this situation plenty of times before. And I know that people will have begged and pleaded with you. All I'm going to say is, I'm not going to do that. And you can do whatever you feel is right. Oh, my God. And then he went, well, Callum, what I'll say is, in the future, just don't go so fast. And we'll leave it at that. And he got his car and left. The car was like, yes. But yeah, I said a prayer afterwards and was like, thank you, thank you. I'm sure, yeah, I'll be out there. So thank you. So yeah, that was just a bit of a funny experience. But I think on a on a more serious note, with getting my mission call, um, 
So, like, as Lewis mentioned earlier, I am a convert, so I'm the only member in my family. Um, you know, my parents, my family, they know that I wanted to go away. They don't really get it, and st they still don't really get it, and they're still a bit on edge about the whole thing. But I got my mission call through, and I read it out um, in front of them, and I don't know whether they felt it, but... Did you read the whole thing? Or yeah, I read, no, I read the whole thing. I read the whole thing, so Dear Elder McNally, you know what I called. And they were nervous. They were nervous about where I was going to be going. But when I said that I was going to Barcelona, um, I don't know, something happened. It was like the spirit just calmed everything. And I don't know if they felt that too, but I definitely felt it. I've felt it before. Um, it's just when you hear Revelation for the first time, I felt it before, like when state presidents have left and there's a bit of a frenzy and it's who's going to be the next state president. And then when it's announced, there's calm. I've seen it before in this ward when the new bishop was called. You know, everyone's like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? The new bishop's announced. Calm. And I really did felt, feel that. And I, and I saw that. I saw that in my parents as well, that they were on edge. They were, they're, they're still scared to this day about what I'm going doing. But when I read those words and they heard that, that revelation there, I, couldn't, I can testify and I do know that the spirit was there and it calmed everything. And it, in that moment, it let me know and it let my family know and whoever else was there that it was going to be okay. I don't know if they recognised that, but I know that it was there. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was, nice. <laughs> that was a nice. Experience. That was honestly really that was that was a pretty, pretty cool experience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm proud of you, Callum. I'm really proud Cheers, of you. Bro. I'm not. Shut up. <laughs> um, any any last words for 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 the for, for the, the people for the for the fans the listeners um, all three of you for the haters for the haters. I just say over the next two years whilst I'm away, just just. Just aim to grow, no matter doing, no, no matter what you end up doing in life. Just aim to grow and develop personally, and develop your relationship with, with God. And I just want you all to know that if you are part of the YSA ward, listening, that you know you've been a massive help to me, and probably more than you can ever imagine. So I'm grateful for you. Um, I am, and I love you all. You don't have to say the last bit. I know you can't to say that. Um, but we'll close that podcast off. We'll. Uh... We'll probably have another one, um, but this is probably the last time you'll hear Callum and Ali for two years, so peace out. Thank you. Thank you.